So there I was, 18 years old and a blasterous helper in the coal mines. Chapter 8 I kept trying to go to church. I was trying to keep myself on the straight and narrow. But also, in those days, I just became more supercharged than ever in the matters of desiring the sins of the flesh, if you know what I mean. I knew what I was doing was wrong, but this was always my greatest weakness. A girl from a church down south dated me for a bit, even though it was common knowledge that I had some very big problems. She probably knew about it too. I came to find out that Dad seemed to understand how much I had been burning inside. Son, he said one day, you know it's better to marry than to burn, right? He was quoting a scripture to me. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8-9 through 9. I say therefore to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn. You can't serve God and have sex outside of marriage, he stressed. This forced me to do something that so many young people across their faith will do when they get caught messing around the way I did. They'll run off and get married. That way they can handle snakes. And also, they won't be committing the sin of fornication. Cody... Dad said, this is your third time getting caught fornicating. If you can't stop it, I'll be forced to kick you out of the church. It convinced me to get married simply because, like the scripture said, I just could not contain myself. I remember this one time, and mind you, I'm very ashamed of this. I was home alone watching videos and not the WWE kind, if you know what I mean. Suddenly, I heard a loud voice bellow throughout the house. Why dost thou do this? I cowered from the voice. It had such authority. It was absolutely horrifying. I scrambled over to the VCR to stop the tape. I sat there in the dark, even though I knew hiding was futile. I felt so ashamed. God had seen me at my worst. Hopefully he knew this was something I had come to battle after my molestation. It was something I just couldn't seem to beat. I just couldn't seem to get this under control. Now, during this time, I got my first snake bite. It was a little cotton mouth that got me on the left hand, my middle finger. It happened in the snake room one Sunday morning. That cottonmouth got me pretty bad, actually. I remember a lot of swelling in my finger. Also, I started vomiting profusely. It was a very, very painful snake bite. Back then, nobody seemed to know how bad a cottonmouth bite could be. That was everybody except for this one uncle I had. Oh, the pain was unbearable. I took off of work for a whole entire week. When I finally made it back to work, they all made fun of me for getting snake bit. As I speak this to you now, I realized that I'd brought it all on myself. I was out there trying to play with a snake, 
not waiting on God's anointing. It's a big difference between the two. To be honest, in those days, I felt like I had handled snakes to create the illusion that I was living right and being good, even though I knew I was living a double life. I know this probably sounds like a crazy mindset to you, and it took me a long time to learn my lesson. But you know, whenever you're waiting for the anointing of God, it comes to you completely. You don't even have to dodge a snake's head if it tries to bite you. The anointing of God makes you, in a word, invincible. It doesn't matter if you're holding a snake by the head or by the tail. It just doesn't matter. Everything is going to be okay. Now, I'm not saying they won't bite you. They're serpents, after all. They most likely will bite you. At some point. But, when the anointing of God comes on you strong, they can bite all they want. And it just won't hurt you. few weeks went by after my first snake bite. I started speaking to my ex-girlfriend again. I told her how I'd been bitten by a cotton mouth, and the conversation initiated a three-month span of us talking again. It led to something really unfortunate. The two of us decided to get married. We got engaged, and I remember standing up before the church saying, Folks, I'm going to take a seat right now. I want to take a step back until I get myself fully lined out. But a week before the wedding, I picked up my second prostitute. I remember feeling so ashamed about it. I knew it was absolutely wrong. I remember I gave the woman the money after she did her thing. And then... I asked her to get out of the vehicle. She shot a glance at me. You gave me $20, she said. Why don't you let me make another 20, Cody? No, I said. Just please. Get out. Please. I'm telling you about this because I want to freely admit that in my first marriage, I was only married for sex. I did not get married for love. I felt like I had no choice in the matter, as strange as it sounds. And I'll also say, if I could do it all over again, I would do it differently. I was 19 years old and far too young to get married. We didn't know about her pregnancy until two months after the wedding, the day she lost the baby. It convinced me I was being punished for all the wrongdoing I had committed. I felt so miserable about things. It was very hard to cope with things in those days. Soon enough, she was pregnant again. Of course, because of that, things stopped happening in the bedroom. Naturally. And, me being the type of person I was so filled with an ocean of lustful thoughts I turned to prostitutes and adult videos once again I picked up one or two call girls a month 
soon enough, it was out of control. I got to the point that every week, or each time I had a little extra money in my pocket, I'd cruise the streets of Middlesboro searching for anyone to pick up and use. I became as addicted to doing that as watching any pornographic movie there was. I'd drive by a streetwalker and I'd say to myself, don't do this, Cody. Please don't pick her up. My whole body would tremble as I rolled by. I'd physically shake until I became so enraptured that I almost couldn't even drive. Each and every time, I would turn the car around and pick up the streetwalker. In the church world, this is known as being a hypocrite. Being a hypocrite means that you lead two different lives, and hardly anyone in church knew I was living this way. But I was most certainly leading a double life, full of ungodliness and sin, particularly when I wasn't around Christians. I'd go absolutely wild. I was completely out of control. But when I'd get around godly folk, I'd act as if I was the holiest of them all. To this day, it makes me sick remembering the things I did while faking being a Christian. I've done so many bad things that I'm ashamed of. But this is why I'm telling you this story. I want to lay it all out for the world to see so that you too can see just how fake people can be sometimes. That way, hopefully, you'll also see for yourself just how far God's mercy can go. Hi there. This is The Real Cody Coots. Thank you for listening to another episode of Marked for Life. This is me singing a song that I wrote titled From My Past I Try to Run. It was a time in my life that I just could not forgive myself for things that I'd done. And every time I would look in the mirror, I could think about all the wrong that I did. I would look down on my tattoos and think of my past and all my regrets. Hope it's a blessing to somebody. I cannot change who I am Or change the things that I've done So much in my past I wish could be undone See the tattoos on my skin Remind me of where that I came from No matter how far I get from my past I cannot run From my past I cannot run I think about it from day to day When I think of all I've done Lord, I can't find the words to say Been forgiven for all the things I done. But when I look in the mirror.
wake of all the sins I done The past he likes to hold Me when I sleep at night When I wake from my dreams I feel so much pain inside Then I get on my knees And I'll ask again, Lord, please Forgive me of all I've done While from my past I try to run From my past I try to run From day to day When I think of all I've done Lord, I can't find the words to say I know I've been forgiven For all the things I've Oh uh-huh.